This is Super Yacht Radio. Welcome to Soup Yacht Radio. Um, welcome to our uh, show where we are chatting with the nominees for the A Crew Crew Award nominations coming up uh, this 2021. The voting is in the next few weeks, and we're getting to talk with all the remarkable people that have been nominated this year. Uh, today, I have the pleasure of being joined by Samantha Morris, who is nominated for the Purser Award. Samantha, lovely to meet you. Lovely to meet you as well. Thank you for inviting me on show. So, Samantha, can I ask, where are you from originally? You know, the story of how you first got into yachting. So, um, I thought you was going to ask where I'm from home. So, I'm from Manchester in the UK. Uh-huh. Uh, my dad used to be in the Navy. And when my dad decided, uh, after the after he retired from the fire service, he wanted to go back to work at sea. So he started looking at all the positions, uh, what he could do when he retired at the fire service to go back working at sea. And then he told me, do you know that they do finance managers on cruise ships? Why don't you? Because I wanted to go to travel the world, but my friends, they kept letting me down. So he said, why don't you go and do finance on the cruise ships? And um then he realized he could come and travel so he could go back to sea but i went to work and he went to travel <laughs> at the same time. reverse roles <laughs> <laughs> so it opened opportunities for the both of us fantastic <laughs> i did um, five years in cruise ships as finance manager and um, with pino cruises and when we docked in the caribbean with several yachts i decided that when I no longer want to work on the cruise ships, I would like to work in the yachting industry. So the big boats were great, but the the yen of a super yacht and how it worked was a much bigger pull, I presume. Yeah, um, you know, they looked, you know, when they're in the port, obviously the sectioned off from the cruise ship terminals, you, you, you cannot access the jetties. So unless you've been invited by the owners or the, the I guess, the charter guests or anything. So it's like they were exclusive and, um, you know, they were of an interest. What's it like to work on one of those compared to where I've been working for the last five years? Yeah. And so then how did you transition onto super yachts from cruises? Because so, it's similar skills, I would think, but different platform. Yeah, yeah similar. Um, but I always compare the personal role on board as four different roles within the cruise ship industry. So you've got your HR manager on board in the cruises that's doing all your sh- ship's welfare for the crew or the crew welfare um, disciplinaries and anything like that. You've got the administration manager that's doing all the clearance and all the guest-related administration. Then you have the crew manager that's doing all the crew certification 
um, crew visas, getting the crew on and bo- on and off the boat to and from the repatriation um, department. And then you've got the finance manager that's dealing with all the finances and the budgets side of the vessel. So I, um, I felt I only had like a quarter of the requirements to be able to do the purser job on board. So I enrolled in the purser course with the crew academy um, and I did, did that um, just prior to joining on board my first vessel to give me an insight of um, the wider job that the person does and to give me a bit more of um, some knowledge into going into the job, what would, would, would be expected of me on board a vessel. Yeah, interesting because, you know, you had some of the skills, but kind of recognizing that you were taking on another three jobs, you know, does take and and for some people, they kind of work their way up through the yachting industry. For you, you knew the purser position was where you would fit straight away, kind of. I um There's other people that I'd worked with on the cruise ships that I knew they'd made the the transition themselves previously and um just before i came into yachting um we i trained a new finance manager in the position for the cruise ships and she'd previously been in yachting so she was telling me what it was like to work on the yachts and i was training her on the job of the finance manager and and then you know you always people always want what they don't have. So like uh, she wanted to come and take my job and I wanted to go and take where she'd left in Yacht. And, um, you know, we learned from each other. Um, she she gave me some pointers about how to get into yachting. And obviously I gave her the training on the job to be a finance manager on board in the cruise ships. And um, so it worked. This job, this uh, training works mm-hmm. the best of us for both. And you mm-hmm. often think, why would why would uh, you want to come back to the cruise ships when you've when you've been in yachting like because when you don't know the other, other side of it you you would think uh i want what she's got she wants what i've got so <laughs> grass always looks greener but it's actually just a different shade of green you know <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I know the Crew Academy. I had the pleasure of talking with Andrew Rock last week. Um, great training programs. And uh, Andrew is very much invested in, as well in crew welfare and looking at mental health. Um, it, it's quite, he, it seems quite a holistic focus on the training as well, which is, you know, great to see. Um, and and that has been part of your role too, hasn't it? Yeah. I also, uh, last vacation, uh, um, I had five months vacation, so I used this time to invest in myself and do some more studying. Um, so I enrolled on the advanced leadership course with Andrew, um, primarily primarily in the beginning was because they just accredited the purser as a CEO with COC. And when I originally did my purser course uh now it's five years ago um we didn't do advanced leadership as part of the module and therefore i needed this module to obtain my coc so that's the initial reason why i did the advanced leadership um but the advanced leadership course that andrew did it was on a the vlae platform so like on an online zoom basis but you had a, cl- a classroom of sh- other students. And I mean, they were from captains to stewardesses, to, you know, um, to chefs. It was a different um, 
variety of people, but all with like a like-minded opinion of how they want to be as leaders going forward in the industry. And it's one of the first times in Yachting that I've actually felt I have a voice that I could speak up and talk about my own opinions and maybe things from my previous learning on the cruise ships that we could bring into yachting, uh, different approaches. And uh, it was the first time I felt that valued and listened to. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I was told a lot of times in yachting, if they don't like the way you look of you, then you can lose your job. And I think probably without realising, it probably gave a bit of a fear factor stepping into a role. Indeed. Uh, but that's an interesting, because you have worked in both of the industries. Um, how, for you, what would be the kind of big differences or what would the things you'd like to bring in to the yachting industry? I think that uh, it also depends on like what vessels you've been on and which ones you've worked on. And if we're all talking about in the last year, is obviously the pandemic has, has hit um, in ways that are out of our control. It's, you know, I would say when I was on the cruise ships, we had more time ashore, um, so downtime. But you can't really compare that in say in this last in this last year, year because everybody's been restricted to being at home and things. Um, but um, I would say prior to this last year, still. Uh, for me personally, as finance manager, I could arrange my some of my workload, majority of workload, I could do on the sea days, so that when we went into the port, I could enjoy the port days. And you know, I would work in the morning, working in the evening, but I was able to have a few hours off in the afternoon. Uh, I think that that's the largest adjustment for me because even if you you weren't in port. We did have a break in the afternoon. You would go and sleep, rejuvenate, so that you would be in the evening ready f- to take action again. Um, whereas on um, on the arts, it doesn't work like that. Like you work in, no. you work if you're on charter, you're work for long. Five, yeah, yeah. Or if you're on charter, you work longer hours. Um, so taking away the afternoons, afternoon nap was probably my biggest adjustment. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I can understand that. There's also the the balance, which can be really difficult for some. And, you know, I, so many crews say, you know, when you're on a full charter, it can be exhausting. Um, you know, we've seen a lot of positive changes. We've seen more rotations. You know, if you talk to older crew and captains, you know, they, they had such small holidays um, where I can see a growth and an improvement but it's still a case that it it's hard work to work uh, as crew on board. If I had longer contracts when I was on the cruise ships um, than I do now in yachting, and this is uh, um, where I feel like I've worked myself up to, that I'm not, now on a full-time rotational position. And financially, for, for myself, was uh, it was a promotion just coming into your team because for me in a hotel department on board the cruise ships, you're only paid for the time you worked on board. So when you're doing uh, maybe only eight months a year, this four months a year that you're not paid, you, you're you spending the money you saved up during yeah. the time, uh, if you saved, 
and lots of people they don't save anything because they're just enjoying their time um and now get paid a salary um paid all year round like um you know you do have to work harder for it but um but it's a bigger reward yeah gives you more kind of financial security and and i would think it adds to retention as well you know when you've got a good balance of of work and you've got that job security it it'll keep you there for longer which is also a, a big factor in our industry of keeping that crew retention and that team developing so um can i ask i mean you kind of talked about the four different sides of the purser role um and and you you know you were experienced in one you trained up in the others but now that you i mean you've now been nominated for this position um for you what does the role now mean of of being purser because you've kind of now had the skills of leadership and you've done mental health training and so it it's a much bigger job than you were doing 10 years ago and how is that role now for you um extremely busy <laughs> uh, <laughs> i'd say <laughs> extremely busy role um i say what i struggle with sometimes now is having time for myself because i'm either dedicated so much with the job or with my colleagues around me that sometimes uh, forget to look after me. Mm. Um, and you often say, if you don't have a full cup of your own, how you can give to other people. Um, yeah, but it's every day is still a school day in the role of person. Like you could be, like I said, I knew the finance aspect from before because actually I'm accountancy trained prior to the cruise ships. And um, so I had that that side of things from before, but a lot of the personal is trained on the job from actually doing the tasks and uh, multitasking and different situations that arise and just um, being um spontaneous and pro pro dynamic and um thinking outside of the box and uh listening to others opinions as well you know sometimes you may only see one mindset of how to do something if you ask your colleagues maybe they will give you a different opinion um and this year uh has been tough um I've, I mean, it's been tough for everybody. Like, uh, but in the personal role, it's you have to change from uh, A and B plans to A, B, C, D, E plans to get through on a, on and off the vessel. Um, different nationalities have different restrictions uh, for in terms of PCR tests. Different countries have different restrictions. Some countries want twenty four hours. Some want forty eight. Some want seventy two hours. Um, it's very tough mentally. I was. Just thinking, God, you know, and you're trying to organize it all behind it, the extra layers of organization to what you were doing two years ago has got to be these extra layers of travel restrictions and hygiene and PCR tests and, you know, all that we do when just one person is traveling. If you're trying to do that 
you know, for the whole um, yacht, that's a lot of extra layers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And um, trying to keep up to date as possible and to try and keep, and it, I think it's quite a ma- mammoth task to keep on top of all the ever-changing regulations. I mean, the regulations change so frequently in the UK um, and also in the rest of the world that you cannot be 100% in control of everything all the time. And uh, I'm just scared to uh, forget something. A lot of lists, I'd imagine. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So um, for you, if looking forward, what would you like to see change in the industry or develop in the industry from your perspective? You know, and and I'm keeping this question broad as I as I ask it, you know, for some people, it's sustainability, for some, it's mental health, for some, it's mentorship. Um, Where does your passion lie in the industry of of where you'd like to see it grow and develop? I'm now become very enthusiastic, uh, not just within yachting, but within maritime as a whole to uh, promote awareness, uh, mental health awareness um, and the effects that, I mean, this pandemic has just heightened the effects that um, mental health have for seafarers, Mm. but it was always around before. Uh, before the pandemic, uh, before I even went into the cruise ship industry, um, they were, I'd heard and read about a lot of fellow seafarers taking their lives at sea because they found it was no way, no other way out. And um, this pandemic has just heightened, as I mentioned before, more about the mental health, but this was already there before. Um, I see that some organizations like nautilus uh they have a program scheme yeah about build back a better maritime um maritime industry to make more companies and uh, management and uh, maybe captains um more aware of mental health on board and how can affect um everybody in different ways you know some people some people can be more hysterical um but some people can be more introvert and different people right i mean we all have mental health everybody has a critical uh critical voice inside their mind mm-hmm. <laughs> and and we also have everybody has positive mental health as well and it just depends where you are on the scale so many people believe that if they talk openly and uh, honestly about how they are feeling if it's in a negative light that they may lose the opportunity to take uh, further uh, opportunities like positions in the future that maybe a potential employer would turn them down or that their fellow crewmates would um, label them as crazy and I think it's really important to be able to remove the stigma mm-hmm. so that people can talk about, I often say it is like, you should be able to talk about your mental health like uh, as you put your lipstick on in the morning. Obviously, I don't want to just be referring just to women. So I say, okay, then maybe as, as you brush your teeth every morning, uh, people should be able to talk about how they're feeling and um, you know you will find that a lot of crew when you ask them how they feel they say 
okay, good. Fine. And they're not really feeling words, fine. Yeah, and they're not feeling words. So they're not really disclosing to you how they really feel. And um, that during the pandemic, when I was on board and my relief, she was unable to join to the vessel. So my company asked if I would stay longer on board. Um, and I chose to stay. Um, I would always leave my cabin with a smile because uh, even if I wasn't feeling great inside, this smile, uh, they call it infectious smile. Mm -hmm. If you smile, somebody else will smile and um, maybe you'll make somebody's day from that. So, um, yeah, I would like more people to be aware of uh, mental health within within yachting, but obviously also within the wider maritime industry. And... um, for people also lots of people they put in management positions and uh, they they've never been shown how to lead also so um leadership some i i kind of feel it's one of those things some people are naturally good leaders but like all things we learn to do it better sometimes through experience and sometimes actually kind of tuning in to what skills we need yeah and uh, i feel that a lot of uh, managers they need to be able to ask for feedback from the uh, junior crew and be welcome to it as well so uh, there's some people that have told me in the past that they've been asked to make a suggestion, but then when they've made a suggestion, they've been told, you're not paid to think. Now, this, I feel like this demoralizes the crew that were asked for a suggestion, but then the suggestions are not heard or listened to. And you'll hear a lot of the times now when a lot of people are doing these advanced leadership courses that they talk about the terms of reference of actively listening where you actually give your full attention to somebody and you're not thinking about where you will go for lunch afterwards or you need to add something to your diary that you're actually listening to what that person has to say and that you'll be able to reiterate back to them what they have said you know sometimes with uh like with going back to the mental health sometimes people they just want somebody to listen to them they don't actually actually want you to say anything in return yeah and sometimes just that talking and hearing your own self speak, you know, but being listened to, it is, I think, one of the primary skills. And I'm sure one that you are using a tremendous amount now, you know, because in your position, I, I would think it was an interesting thing, actually, Andrew Roke said of um, on the purser door, they did an experiment or a little study and they changed the name on the purser door to safeguard officer. There you go. Thank you. I was trying to remember it. Safeguard officer and the difference that made of just, you know, switching the perception of what the role is, because even though purser also does that, just relabeling it made a big impact. Yeah. And I said that, um, to Andrew, because we did do that um, safeguarding task um, where he's, he mentioned uh, to take the organisational chart of the vessel and remove people's titles and look at the names of people and the people that they are and see where would best suit to have the safeguarding officer. Because just um, 
because maybe I may be a good suit for safeguarding officer. It doesn't mean that the other person, person, she would be, you know, it might mean it's the doctor or the nurse. And you often find maybe um, more so that the junior crew, they would talk with another junior crew rather than come to a senior member, of, uh, a senior member to talk to. They may feel that they could approach like, uh, another member of crew that they're working closely with to tell them how they're feeling rather than come to see myself or the captain. Um, that was a really interesting way of how Andrew said to look at things, to remove away the titles and to put people's name. Yeah, listen, from all, it was the lovely feedback from one of the captains. Um, I was talking to Captain Tom and he said, you know, you he learns as much from green crew coming in because they've got fresh eyes and they ask questions. You know that um, it can go both ways if you're actually tuned in. So Samantha, um, the nomination before we go, <laughs> did you did you know this was coming? Did it come as a surprise? Um, last year I was nominated and I was in the top three last year. And um, this year, I had a feeling maybe, uh, maybe. And the lady that she nominated me, um, we met on the advanced leadership course with Andrew. So we've never actually met in person. But she, <laughs> I have um, friends like that too. <laughs> <laughs> she, um, she was in the cruise ship industry and she wanted to move into yachting. And I... You know, we create this bond because obviously this is also this way that I came in and um, I we worked together to, to get her an interview and I gave her some coaching, some advice of some kind of how to be on the interview. But she did it all by herself. She had all the experience that she needed. Uh, it was just often in yachting, um, you look at the CV and you look at the current position and it's a lot within yachting they don't realise from the cruise ship that to get to that higher position had to do a lot of the jobs that involve all the work that a person does on board. So it's to be able to give somebody to give you that chance to explain all the roles that they had to do which covered a person's job to be able to get in that higher role. So you need somebody to give you a chance. And um, I was able to convince a lady to give a chance to interview um, the and lady. That that step in. Me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you know, that's the great thing about the industry is there is uh, a, a tremendous amount when you get in the, into it of support and collaboration and um, people helping along the way. And sometimes that can make all the difference. So, uh, Samantha, thank you so much for joining us today. It was lovely to meet you. Um, I'm deeply fond of Manchester because we have um, a number. Of, my husband has his a number of sisters over there and uh, as you know there's loads of Irish in Manchester as well so great place to start <laughs> from and uh, well done for your second nomination but you know what it doesn't make it 
any less important. It just means actually two years running, uh, you've been perceived by your peers in the same way. So many congratulations. And are you getting ready for a, a season ahead or do you have a little bit of time down? I have, I have some time for myself at the moment. So uh, I will not head back out into the industry until the winter time, probably. Lovely. Well, enjoy it. It certainly, you know, is a nice time to have a little bit of extra time to just. I'm going to go know. to uh, um, Dublin. Uh, oh, next fantastic. <laughs> oh, well, if you get up north, um, drop me a line. I'm only about half an hour in North County Dublin by the sea. <laughs> so uh, we'd love to see you, but uh, <laughs> stay well. Um, Thank you. We have been waiting, uh, we have been chatting with uh, Samantha Morris, who is up for the A-Crew Crew Award nomination this year for Purser. And uh, get your votes in. Stay well, stay safe wherever you are. Thank you for listening. You're listening to Super Yacht Radio. Radio.